Welcome to Florida Matters More, the podcast for Florida Matters, WUSF Public Media's show about the issues and events that Floridians care about. I'm Robin Sessingham, host of Florida Matters. You can hear Florida Matters Tuesday evenings at 6.30 and Sunday mornings at 7.30 on WUSF 89.7 or streaming on WUSFnews.org. You can also hear it Mondays at 10 p.m. on Classical, WSMR 89.1 and 103.9. This week on Florida Matters, we're discussing the pros and cons of online education, and we're going to keep the conversation going with Dr. Jody Marshall, the president and CEO of Florida Virtual School, Dr. Carol Crawford, director of Club Z in-home tutoring services for North Tampa, Joanne Glenn, the principal of Pasco County's eSchool, and from WMFE in Orlando, Adam LeMay, physics teacher in residence for the University of Central Florida. Thank you all for being here. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Dr. Carol Crawford, you say Florida Virtual School can help with overwhelmed students. Everybody's overwhelmed. One aspect of Florida Virtual School that helps are these incredibly busy students who need to fulfill the requirements, and if they need to work on their Spanish one at 10.30 at night or the weekends, they can, because they're so busy with their travel ball and their this and the volunteer hours they have to do in order to get into UF. That's a great point, Carol. Thank you. Uh, Robin, if I can uh, piggyback on that. Adam LeMay. Mm -hmm. I don't think I have a problem with uh, virtual school. Um, That really, the only complaints that I have and other educators um, and parents and students have had, I think it is more of a legislative nature, right? That FLVS is a great option for students and parents who are looking to get that. Um, and there are lots of great reasons for that. Um, but when you when you make it mandatory, that means that, hey, even if you, even if this isn't a good fit for you, you need to take a course in it. And I think that potentially drives some of the more negative consequences that we're seeing here. But oftentimes the stakes are pretty low, right? I think uh, driver's ed and hope uh, are are the two. Uh, hope is a health class. Um, health and, class uh, and PE. My son took PE, yes. which I couldn't didn't understand how it would work until I was uh, taping him with my phone as he did push-ups. <laughs> so the, these in. are not classes that that cost kids graduation, right? I mean, there aren't a whole lot of kids who who uh, who don't graduate because of hope or PE. Um, right or, or driver's ed, but yeah, the 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 legislative mandate I think was was a step too far, um, and it took something that's a really great offering for a lot of uh, parents and and students, and and maybe tainted that a bit. Right. So you understand when when people are asking why is it mandatory? Um, we have Joanne Glenn who's. It's your life. It's e-school. You know, it's your profession. So you you understand. You want every every student to have this opportunity, which you view as a great opportunity. But some parents um, don't get it. They don't see why they have to do an online driver's ed class or a PE class. You know, when their kid is taking a whole you know, raft of AP classes. So for the record, I actually didn't advocate in favor of making it mandatory. uh, And I had the opportunity to uh, give uh, opinions to our local legislative delegation, and I went to Tallahassee. I actually championed with with a group of my colleagues throughout the districts to add the language regarding blended learning to give a little bit of uh, wiggle room. And let's explain for the podcast. Let's explain again. Blended learning means you don't have to do the whole thing online. You can take part of it, I guess, at school. 
but then do is it just some of your tests online or how how they said the majority of it has to be online and i think a lot of us never heard of blended learning so blended learning is is a pretty broad and probably uh, ambiguous term that describes something in between a fully online course and a traditional face-to-face course. Uh, The Department of Education determined that to meet the graduation requirement, a majority of the instructional activities had to take place on a computer or using technology. So you weren't you weren't totally sold on making this mandatory is what you said. Absolutely not. Um, and in fact, uh, we advocated for ESE students, students who receive special education services to have the opportunity to uh, waive out of this requirement. And I would have taken it a step further and allowed the, uh, the teams that support English language learners to be given the opportunity to use their professional judgment to waive this requirement for students as well. Is it especially hard for Spanish speakers? Yes. Or people that speak another language? This is an especially hard requirement for them. I, I feel like it is uh, because they are having to access all of the information online, often uh, through reading or through listening to um, you know, videos and podcasts that are not uh, in their native language. And even with some assistive technology that may um, provide some translation, I feel like it's difficult to check how much of that learning really happens. So, uh, Jody Marshall, you're the president and CEO of Florida Virtual School, and I don't want to put you on the spot, but I do want to know what you think about it being a, a, a mandatory requirement sure. for high so, school graduation. Sure. So everything Joanne said is, is completely accurate. The Digital Learning Act has expanded to include more options and more definitions. Blended learning is a great example as one of the options. Florida Virtual simply wants to be a partner, a a preferred solutions partner to the traditional district. So whatever needs may not be able to be met at that traditional school district, we are here to help. One example is the blended learning aspect. There are virtual learning labs all over the state of Florida. Many of them use us. An example is Miami-Dade. There's approximately 30,000 students in Miami-Dade who are participating in learning labs on their school site using our content and our teachers. So it is a hybrid. I think Joanne described it very well. That, And again, every student is different. Uh, Florida Virtual School is built on the foundation that every student is a unique learner, and we're simply here to help in whatever way that particular student, school, or district might need. What's the most popular class? So the, the ones that tend to rise to the top lately have been driver's ed, algebra one, Spanish one, and hope. Those tend Hope to is the health class. Correct. Health opportunities through physical education. And those are ones that I know the driver's ed or the health are ones that if it's your last semester or senior year and you realize that you haven't fulfilled that requirement, you could kind of knock that one out then. You could, but we tend to get a lot of students, especially in driver's ed, taking it just as soon as they turn the appropriate age because their parents are asking them to do that before they get their driver's license. So they have some motivation there, I think, as well to drive. Why, why Algebra 1? Do they take that in eighth grade? Well, they could. So, again, it depends on the students. Some students are taking Algebra 1 with us to accelerate, and some are taking it because they did not do well the first time they took it. Okay. 
Joanne, you were going to say I something. was just going to say that driver's education programs are, are becoming challenging for school districts to continue to support. The certification is very challenging for, for teachers to get. They don't simply sit for a certification exam. They have to take a series of courses. You're talking about driver's education on the parking lot out at the school like we're used to seeing. I think if you surveyed a, a lot of schools in Florida, you would find that um, not every high school has a driver's education range, and many of them don't have driver's education certified teachers because that endorsement is very challenging to get. Adam LeMay, do you see a difference in readiness from the students who um, come to you and they've had online physics or math classes and those who've had regular physics or math classes? Do you see a difference? You know, I haven't seen enough of that, um, probably because at the at the university STEM level, um, uh, the majority of our students are coming in uh, either not having taken those courses or they took them face-to-face. One thing I could see as a problem for virtual school is that, and correct me if I'm wrong, but you you don't know who your teacher is going to be, whereas if your child is going through high school, you've already heard who are the best teachers, you know which math teacher you're going to request. But in virtual school, you really don't have that control, it seems. Dr. Crawford. As I alluded to before, we've seen some great Florida virtual school teachers and some others that. Uh, but parents th- don't have the control to you request can, you anybody. Can, um, I believe you can contact the principal and say we would like a different teacher, and we've recommended that a couple of times. You can, and we've also had parents who have uh, older children who've taken a course, and they want their younger siblings to have the same teacher, and they they do request that. It's not a typical part of the enrollment process. Mm-hmm. However, we have have had families who request specific teachers, and we do try to accommodate that when we can. I I can give you two complete contrasts. We had a geometry student who had a teacher who made him resubmit some essay for some question in geometry three or four times. And all I could tell the student and the teacher and the tutor who had a master's in mechanical engineering, say, you know what, just do the minimum in order for you to get your A, go back and retake some of the tests that you didn't get an A on earlier, which is one of the features of Florida Virtual School, which is terrific. I said, just give it up. You're not going to win with this teacher. So he wouldn't be top of my list. Contrarily, I saw a, a, a teacher, I'll never forget this. He agreed to do the DBA or uh, the project, the collaboration project with the student on Memorial Day in order to make sure this young man could take the final exam on Memorial Day in order that he was done with his schooling uh, per the agreement with his private school, it was Tampa Catholic, and and graduate. So to have a Florida virtual school teacher do that on Memorial you know. Nice, nice. Are, are there any qualities that you particularly look for in a virtual teacher, Jody? The number one thing that we look for is that they care about students. I mean, that really is the quality that... Uh, Dr. Crawford just described a great example of that, that you go above and beyond and your hours availability are different than a traditional school um, and that you do it because you love kids and you, you love the teaching and learning that you're able to provide in this format. That's Dr. Jody Marshall, the president and CEO of Florida Virtual School. Thank you very much, Jody. We also spoke with Dr. Carol Crawford, the director of Club Z in-home tutoring services for North Tampa. Joanne Glenn is the principal of Pasco County's eSchool. And Adam LeMay, physics teacher and residence at the University of Central Florida. Thank you all for being here. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Thank you.
That's it for today. Thanks for joining us. Listen to Florida Matters Tuesdays at 6.30 p.m. and Sunday mornings at 7.30 on WUSF 89.7. And you can always find it online at WUSFnews.org. I'm Robin Sussingham. Come back next week for another episode of Florida Matters More. If you like what you hear, please leave us a review on iTunes and subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher.